Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, officially sponsored by Running Aces Casino and Racetrack. I'm your host, Steve Fredland, and we are in the middle of a series on rebuilding my strategy from scratch. And so far, I guess the uh, key learnings I've had from the first two parts are that, first of all, my default strategy is going to be GTO and learning what optimal is under different situations. So different stack sizes, position, stage of tournament, opponent types, that sort of thing. What is GPO, uh, GTO in those different situations? But whatever GTO is, I want to be intentionally looking for situations where opponents are playing suboptimally and then developing and utilizing counter strategies to exploit them. And for my standard preflop GTO ranges, for most of the tournaments I'm playing, I'm going to consider deep stack as having at least 50 big blinds. And so before we get into this week, I did have some additional conversations about GTO, uh, kind of the theory behind it, what it is, uh, with Kenna James and Jonathan Little. And Kenna said he is not thinking my strategy should be switching back and forth from GTO to exploitive unless I can really define how I'm going to switch back and forth, like how many big blinds at what stage of the tournament. And so as we discussed this more, I asked him to really define what he meant by GTO and exploitive, and he shared his definitions, and I thought it would be great to pass these along to you. He said that GTO is taking the optimum line of action, given a set of circumstances that is mathematically unexploitable, given your opponent acts logically and predictably. Numbers are your primary source of decision-making. And he said, exploitive is putting people as your primary source of decision-making. Your opponent's biasness and tendencies and reading those tells and exploiting those situations, even if they go against the mathematical play of the situation. And as I talked to Jonathan, uh, he he asked, um, as I talked to Jonathan, I guess I I asked if GTO adjusts for chip stack stage of tournament and opponent player types. He said GTO definitely accounts for stacks. It can account for ICM, think ICMizer, and can be adjusted to opponent's tendencies. He said this is called node locking in PyoSolver, uh, something I haven't heard of. So obviously it gets very, very deep from there. Uh, He also said that GTO to him means learning a baseline or optimal strategy and then adjusting to exploit as maximally as possible based on what we know. So I thought that was just some really good information. Uh, I'm starting to hone in a little bit more on what it practically means to be GTO versus exploitive. Uh, And I'll pass those insights along as I (laughs) get them uh, myself. So uh, before we get further into this question, uh, just a reminder, uh, I just launched Patreon. It's a way that you can support what we're doing here at Rec Poker. Uh, I know a few of you. I want to appreciate Va Zhang and Brad Olson as our latest Patreon subscribers. Thanks to you guys. Uh, And this is just a way that you can say, man, thanks for providing the content. But also, as we look to the future, look to maybe expand this and provide some additional free content and some other opportunities, um, the, the, the finances will be used for that. So if you want to be a part of the Patreon family, uh, go to patreon.com slash poker. Now, today I do have a couple of questions that I'm blending into one, uh, kind of a buy one, get one free, if you will, I guess. And here's the two questions. First of all, Before I construct the actual hands that make up my hand ranges, 
I want to consider a couple of foundational things. First of all, should I have 10 different ranges for all 10 different possible opening ranges? Or should I somehow group them and think about groups of hand ranges? And then secondly, assuming I have a deep stack, which for me I've defined as at least 50 effective big blinds, and I'm playing GTO, about what percentage of under-the-gun hands should I be opening? Uh, and we're going to really explore the actual hands later, but just in general, what percentage of hands should I be opening deep stack playing GTO? And so I'll start the feedback with the Twitter polls. And so in the first one, when I asked about uh, how many opening hand ranges uh, by position should we have, uh, we had 60% of the folks categorize uh, them as early, middle, late, and blind. So more than half of the folks that answered the Twitter poll said, you know, they don't do something for all 10 positions. They categorize them and they use early, mid, late, and blinds. Now, 26% said they use something different for all 10. And then the other people were either two to three groups or six to seven groups. So it seems like about, you know, a quarter to a third of our folks are probably using all 10 and uh, half to two thirds of our folks uh, maybe two-thirds to three-quarters of our folks are using some kind of a grouping and generally early, mid, late, and blinds. And then when I asked the question about uh, what percentage of hands should we be opening under the gun, not should be, but uh, sort of sort of uh, if, if you think about your range or if you think about what you normally would do kind of long-term, what does that work out to be? And 44% of our folks said 11 to 15%. The next category was 16 to 20%. Uh, 30% of our folks said that about a quarter of our folks said six to 10% and 3% of our folks said one to 5%. So, uh, I guess, you know, 75% of our people that were polled had at least 11%, uh, with most of them being 11 to 15%. That sort of seemed to be the sweet spot. Uh, and then, uh, kind of centered around that some less and some more. So with that, um, I want to hear from our pros that contributed. We had Mike Schneider from the Poker is Fun Tour, Jonathan Little from PokerCoaching.com, Hunter Sitchi from CheckShovePoker.com, Kenna James from KennaJames.com, and Jordan Young from the Solve for Why Academy. And first, uh, I've just got some written feedback from a couple of them. And Jordan uh, was just able to respond on Twitter. And, and uh, when I asked him about uh, you know the percentage of hands that you open under the gun, you know, he said it really depends on your post-flop ability. He said the less skilled you are uh, post-flop, the tighter that you should play. So uh, no real percentages there, but just sort of a general paradigm to keep in mind. So thanks for that, Jordan. And Hunter Sitchi uh, said that he has unique opening ranges from each position at the table and modifies those ranges based on the size of the antes and the stack depth. And he went on to say that depending on the ante size, the stack depth, and the number of players at the table, your optimal under-the-gun opening range should never be tighter than 12% or wider than 16%. And he said that if you value his advice and you're interested in his poker coaching resources, you can learn more at checkshovepoker.com. So with that, let's hear the audio that was submitted. Hi, this is Mike Schneider, founder of the Poker is Fun Tour and a member of the Minnesota Poker Hall of Fame. So yeah, when uh, considering your opening ranges by position, you uh, should be adjusting your range for every one of the 10 positions. But I mean, but like realistically, for simplistic sake, I mean, I if you're at a 10-hand table, I do kind of just look at it as... I'm under the gun, under the gun plus one. I'm going to be playing really, really tight. I'm not going to screw around much until I see table conditions dictate that I can start to open up my range a little bit. 
And by that, I'd want it to be a table where people aren't three-betting that often or or people are playing way too tight and there's a good chance that it's going to fold or fold around to the big blind or maybe there might be one cold caller or likewise if there's tables where like six or seven guys are never pre-raising pre-flop I, that might make me get in there with a few more hands like nine eight suited from under the gun and a 10 in a game but yeah i'm definitely not looking at it as purely under the gun because under the gun 10 handed is like a vastly different hand range than under the gun seven or six handed I am definitely thinking about in terms of how far away from the button am I since more players in the pot that get cards, the more likely somebody got dealt a strong hand. So just uh, taking that all into consideration, but like for a uh, simplistic sake, like, yeah, my, I mean, I mean, yeah, on paper or if we're playing game theory optimal, my range should look different from every single position, but in practice, my hijack range probably isn't too different from my cutoff range and like it just is just like shades of looseness and tightness depending on how many hands have i played recently what's my image what are what are the guys around me is there a guy acting right after me who just got aces cracked and is steaming and is going to be three betting really light like you try to take all those all those different variables into consideration to come up with like a roughly shaped hand, hand range that goes from really tight to a lot looser based on each singular position. But the reality is, yeah, they kind of are grouped from like really early position, early mid position, mid position, late position and the button. Like it, like we're human. Like we, like we just, there's, it's hard to in practice really say that every single spot I, I have a, clear set of I do this in this spot but not in that spot like it's the game's a dynamic game where we're playing humans and like it's it's all it's all based on like rough ranges where you do have some give and take in each spot based on particular table conditions and metagame and your personal personal image and the image of the guys around you so I mean I know I didn't really specifically answer but I, I think that broad uh, stroke of a paintbrush should give you my my mindset of how I would approach the question. So until next time, you can find me on Twitter at schneidspoker, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-S poker, and the Poker is Fun Tour on Twitter at P-I-F-T poker, or you can find us on the internet at piftpoker.com. So until next time, thanks and good luck at the tables. Hello, this is Jonathan Little of pokercoaching.com. Today's question is about preflop opening ranges. And the question is, do you change them for each position? And then how do you group the positions? Well, I definitely suggest you understand that every position should play differently. Under the gun, 10-handed should play differently than under the gun, 9-handed. Because you have fewer players yet to act. You should be playing pretty tightly in both situations. But I suppose if you wanted to try to make poker as simple as you possibly could, realize on the button you need to be playing a lot of hands. and the cutoff, you need to be playing fewer hands. and the hijack seat, you need to be playing fewer hands. and the low jack seat, you need to be playing fewer hands. Then, from all of the earlier positions, you can start playing pretty tight. Just because from, you know, under the gun seven-handed to under the gun ten-handed, you really just cannot mess around much at all. And if you are playing too wide, you're just going to be spewing money all over the place if your opponents play well. If you play around with a lot of the Game Theory Optimal programs, you will find they actually suggest playing really tightly under the gun, like nine-handed. 
they'll say fold stuff like pocket eights and ace 10 suited and ace jack suited and whatnot. But I don't think that's practical in um, most games that you're going to run into because most players just are not good, right? You're not playing against solid, strong game theory optimal robots. You're playing against players who are going to have lots and lots of flaws, especially when you're playing these small and medium stakes. But if you do look at the very high stakes, like super high roller tournaments, you will find players just folding these hands from under the gun because they know how to play. Um, that said, they know how to play and they have um, sort of lobbied to make the game eight-handed or seven-handed or six-handed because it's really boring to just sit there and know you don't get to play any hands from early position and that does not create for a good game. You, you know, you want to be playing hands. You don't want to just sit there and fold, but you are induced to fold because there are lots of players at the table and you have the worst position. So anyway, um, I am always thinking definitely low jack and later, that's under the gun six-handed, that you should have some sort of strong understanding of what a fundamentally solid range looks like from each of those positions. I discuss these in my book, Mastering Small Stakes, No Limit Hold'em, and also at pokercoaching.com. So um, we definitely nail that down. In general, I do think you can play a little bit looser than most game theory optimal strategies suggest, though. And that's usually how I go about doing it. If you really want to make life super easy on you, there's a program called Poker Strategy Equilab. If you just click on the default hand ranges for No Limit Hold'em, go there, click on their loose suggestions. And if you play roughly those ranges, you're not going to go too wrong. Um, that said, I suggest you study, figure out what optimal ranges look like from all positions, and then make them slightly looser or slightly tighter depending on your opponents and their overall tendencies. What percentage of hands should we be playing from under the gun? Well, first question is, what is under the gun? Are we playing nine-handed? Are we playing six-handed? I'm going to assume we're playing roughly nine-handed. And also that we have maybe 50-ish big blind stacks or more. You'll see some players who want to play like 15 to 20% of hands, and they just play all Broadway hands and all pairs. And doing that is a gigantic mistake because, well, Jack-10 offsuit and Queen-10 offsuit are terrible, right? So from early position, what am I doing? I'm going to be playing about 8% of hands. I have the float the turn range analyzer, which is a program I made to help my students over at pokercoaching.com analyze their hands and you know give me good homework answers because if they say, oh, I do this with X percent of hands and something else with X percent of hands, they probably don't even know what they're talking about. It's hard to think about poker in that manner. Anyway, I'm opening under the gun with about 8% of hands. Hi, Steve. Kenna James here with Kenna James Poker and Life Coaching for a better balanced game and a more fulfilling experience, both on and off the felt. When considering your opening hand range by position, do you adjust your range for every one of the 10 positions? I don't. I think it's way too specific and gets uh, way too uh, detailed. Um, and I think you're gonna lose too much. I, I group them more, like you say, by positions in general, especially for an opening hand range, which is what you're asking for. It's what hands I'm going to enter the pot with. And it's not just considered by position, but a lot has to do with my stack size and my strategy at the stage of the tournament that I'm in. That's what really uh, dictates and flows my hand range. It's not a static uh, set of range of hands because everything is changing in a tournament from table to table, from tournament to tournament to to um, 
round uh, lengths, everything. So that has to be fluid, I find. So your range is also fluid, even your opening range. You may start with something, but it quickly changes based on your table makeup. Um, then going on to your next question, um, under the gun, what percentage of hands should you be targeting to open raise with? Uh, I'm going to say your range should be moderate, uh, assuming you already have your release point, 10 to 15%. The important part is that it's balanced, a balanced range, and that's going to add another 3 to 5%. So we're looking at more like 18 to 20%, 10 to 15% core range, your top range of hands, and then a balancing range of another 3 to 5%. I hope these answers have been helpful in you building your strategy and for your listeners there at home listening to improve their own game. I have great respect for students of the game and those studying to learn and improve and raise the level of their game. Enjoy the journey. Okay, great stuff from our pros, as always. Uh, before we hear from the recreational players, I just want to quick remind you that our, our sponsor is Running Aces, and last week was the Great Minnesota Poker Tournament, a sort of a spoof on the Minnesota State Fair, which was going on, the Great Minnesota Get-Together. And a huge shout-out to Ramsey Stovall, who actually works at Running Aces and went on to win the tournament. Uh, he's a dealer there and had a great run uh, and had just a fantastic final table and took it down. And I also want to give my uh, my congratulations to the rest of the final table, uh, Matt Sundberg, Brady Roth, Saad Ghanem, Jerry Kangas, Matt Alexander, the great George Sanford, Ryan Hawkins, Mike Hohen, and Adam Frank. And the next big events that they have coming up are the Optimum with a Big Blind Ante. That's a $300 buy-in on September 16th. And then the start of the Midwest Poker Classic, which runs throughout the second half of September. So go to runaces.com and check that out. Now, here's some of the feedback from the recreational players. Uh, first, I'll share some of the written feedback, and then we'll get to the audio. Mike Engelhop said, I group them early, mid, late, and blinds, and I have default ranges that I've gotten used, used to by using Poker Snowy. However, when I play tournaments, these ranges get used more often in early stages, and then I adjust when tournament gets into the middle or later stages based on stack sizes and blinds. And he said it probably works out to be about 8 to 10% that he would open under the gun. Now on Twitter, Adam, who goes by uh, the, the handle PGA Pro Poker, says you can't predetermine how many hands you're going to play. I see no value in having a target percentage. And Steve Webb said I would guess 5 to 10%. Now, Dave Margulis uh, on Facebook says, I like to open from all positions with any raise-worthy hands, suited connectors, pairs, Broadway cards, with hopes to exploit players trying to exploit me later. I like to set the tone as an aggressor and hopefully trap someone down the line. Obviously, ace-king or pocket tens will play itself, but raising with four or five suited under the gun might frustrate some players and then have them chasing me, assuming I won and exposed that hand. As far as your GTO strategy and 50 big blinds under the gun, wouldn't this be more of a math thing that isn't malleable? 31 hands, 169 possible hands, so like 19%, and I'd be folding to a 3-bet 70% of the time later, which makes me sad. And that's why I play like a maniac. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Uh, Alberto Briones Moraz says, I don't have a set range with each position. It has more to do with my holdings in a given hand that will make me open. I use all positions to open if my holdings are strong, and if in late position, I do tend to open my range, but personally, I get so much action with my opens that I will open with any two cards, therefore balancing my range and keeping my opponents always guessing and unsure of what I have. 
I hope this helps. And Alberto also said, if I have 50 bigs, I will then only open with strong holdings, therefore reducing the percentage, but always looking to exploit spots where my reads or actions of my opponents will allow me to win pots. But I never think in terms of I have to be opening a certain amount of hands or percentage to be successful. I find that concepts like that tend to be flawed since in the later stages of daily tournaments, in my opinion, it's more about adapting to the table dynamics and acting according to that. All right. Thanks, Alberto. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, all you guys. Now let's hear from the uh, the Rex who submitted audio. This is Rob Washam for the Rec Poker Podcast. I tend to group my ranges by early, middle, late, and blinds. I don't try to break it down any further than that. I would open raise with a 10% range. Hello, this is Steve Barton from the Heads Up Poker Podcast, and we are on to our next question. Hand ranges by position. Do you adjust your range for every one of the 10 positions or just for uh, categories, early, middle, late, and the blinds? Um, I do it for every position, but I would recommend starting out, if you're really starting with opening ranges, group them into categories early, middle, late, and the blinds, uh, and you'll be able to kind of sort them easier. And as time goes on, you'll be able to dissect a little bit more exactly under the gun and exactly UTG1, UTG2, and like that. And you'll know that in the hijack, these are the hands that I'm going to open at this table, and these are the ones I'm going to fold. Um, Okay, so I would recommend uh, doing them by groups like that. Now, as far as like opening ranges and percentages, I'm pulling up my Hold'em Manager 2. I'm primarily an online player, and I look at online as like your, uh, it's your practice area. You can try anything you want, and you have these programs that will track every single hand that you've played, and you can recall them with specific players. I have players on here that I have thousands of hands on, and I've dissected their game, and I know exactly how to beat them. This is the advantage to online is the study aspect afterwards as you can go back and you can really look up how often am I raising under the gun and it'll tell you. Okay, so by position, in early position, I'm raising about uh, 12%. And so early position would be UTG1, UTG2, and UTG. Uh, Around middle position, I'm up to 18%. Cut off, 23%. The button, 27%. Um, and the um, uh, small blind, 20, the big blind, 9. Now, that's how often I'm raising in those spots. Playing cards in the spots, under the gun, 13.1. So the difference there is not even 1%. I'm very rarely limping under the gun. All right, I hope that helped. Um, This has been Steve Barton with the Heads Up Poker podcast. You can go to headsuppoker.poker if you want to listen to more. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. We're on all the outlets. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great rest of the day. Hey, this is Matt Hamilton. This is my answer to question three. So I generally, when I'm playing at a 10-handed table, have different pre-flop opening ranges. Um, and they do vary slightly from position to position. I would say that um, early position, I would group as like under the gun, under the gun one, and I would use maybe the same opening range for both of those positions. And 
than the next two positions, I would say under the gun two and middle position or MP, MP1, I would kind of use the same opening ranges for those two positions. And then as we get into uh, low jack, high jack, cutoff, and button, I would kind of like increase my opening range incrementally as it gets closer to the button. So like if I'm, you know, first act under the gun, under the gun one, I have a preflop opening range for those two spots. Under the gun two, middle position, I have a preflop range for those two spots. And then as we get to low jack, I have a different preflop range, hijack, another different preflop range, cutoff, button. And the closer we get to the button, the better our position is, the more I'm going to be opening. What percent of hands should I be targeting to open raise with under the gun with a comfortable stack? I would say my default range, if I don't know anyone at the table, if I just sat down, I'm going to be opening about 20% of hands under the gun. Now, this is assuming there's an ante. If there's not an ante, I'm cutting that in half. I think people will play way too loose when there's no ante involved. So this would be like early on in a tournament, first few levels. People play way too loose. Um, but let's assume there's an ante. I would say about 20% of the hands. So every pair, suited connectors, ace queen or better, ace nine suited or better, ace five suited. Under the gun strategy, John Somsky. As far as opening hand ranges uh, by position, I like to follow the strategy outlined by Chris Fox Wallace in his books, No Limits. Tight under the gun, then loosening up in each position after that, and in late position, I might take more liberties depending upon what the table will let me get away with. As far as under the gun opening range, that would be fairly tight for me, about 5% of my hands, which might be tighter than most players. Of course, depending upon tournament dynamics, sometimes you need to loosen that up a little bit, uh, particularly if the table is folding a lot. But 5% would be about my starting point. Hey, Rack Poker Podcast listeners, this is Derek Smith with feedback on the rebuilding of Steve Fredland, the poker player. Like most people, I do kind of break it up as early, mid, and late, and then the blinds, but I do have a caveat, and that's just I really pay attention to both myself and other players that are either under the gun or on the button. I just think these two spots are so polarized, really, and they're the most scrutinized by even those players that aren't paying that much attention at the table. Mostly everyone knows that at least generally an undergun the under the gun raise is representing strength and a button raise is often just considered bs so i think you can exploit that thought by playing you know a slightly wider range sometimes under the gun and we'll get into that later and then you can also work to not appear to be abusing the button and might be able to find a few more spots where you can steal from there having great position of course when you have monsters occasionally it might look Less like a steal and more like a real raise, and unfortunately people might fold when you're on the button with a huge hand, but I think the value that you'll gain from being able to sneak some junk through is probably worth it. 
on to the fourth question. Um, opening range from under the gun, I think I'd lean towards about 10% to 17%. Chris Fox Wallace has a sevens plus that's kind of in line with uh, 10%. It does include an ace jack and ace queen off. I don't think he would uh, suggest playing those, but in 10%, you've got those sevens plus eight ace nine suited plus king 10 suited plus queen 10 suited plus and then those offsuit aces again uh 17 is something that i've seen jonathan little kind of suggest that includes twos plus uh and throws in ace 10 off and then things like 10 9 9 8 8 7 7 6 6 5 suited there's 36 hands to play at the 17 percent and 22 hands at the 10 percent uh, i think that in between seven percent is where you can kind of work on being balanced and you can can utilize having that quote-unquote comfortable stack. Greetings, rec poker players. This is Jerry Kniff contributing to the podcast. When considering opening hand ranges by position, rather than looking at all 10 positions, I usually divide them into early position being under the gun to under the gun plus two, mid, and then combining hijack and cutoff button and small blind if I'm in early position with a comfortable stack range again of 70 to 100 big blinds I believe opening 10 to 15 percent in early position hi rec poker world this is Stacy I'm weighing in on the question Steve put out about opening hand raises by position uh, this is a pretty short answer for me I need to just break it down into three groups, early, middle, and late. If I try to get too detailed with every position, um, my brain gets overwhelmed, and I think it has a negative effect. Whereas if I break it down to three areas, I can then um, make that adjustment on the go. So just knowing myself, that's where I'm at right now. I'm interested to know if it would really be beneficial to break it down per position. That's something I could grow into. But right now, early, middle, and late is kind of how I have them divided up. Steve, you asked some great questions that make uh, people really dig into things to um, get their thinking uh, straight on this kind of stuff. So I really love it. Just to start out with um, background on me, if you haven't heard me before, I'm I'm somewhat new to the game, and so I feel like I, I'm just learning a lot of this stuff, and I feel very uncomfortable playing out of position, as many of us do. But that has caused me to uh, really tighten up my under-the-gun opening range. And so um, the question is, what's optimal? And I would guess optimal is a larger percentage of the hands than I'm willing to play. I've just, uh, when, when I loosen up my range there, I've just not found them profitable. So I've tightened up to probably just the, boy, probably close to 5 to 7% of hands. So pretty much just premium hands that I'm willing to open under the gun. I'm, I'm folding often uh, queen 10, um, even king queen often. Uh, on a really active table, I will fold. I just haven't found a way to have it be profitable. So that's that's a background on, on me. Um, so it's different than what's optimal compared to really what I'm playing. Okay, thanks to all you guys. Uh, I looked up a couple of other things uh, online, and I found that uh, Ed Miller has about a 14% uh, opening range that he actually looks at from the early positions all the way through the cutoff. So he doesn't really adjust his range until you hit the cutoff, and he's at 14% there. And then I looked at the red chip poker 
uh, website and some of the stuff that they talked about what to open raising preflop. And um, they show by every spot, and he's showing that um, for under the gun, when you look at every spot, uh, it's only about a 5% range, pocket sevens and higher, ace-queen suited, and ace-king. And this is pretty consistent with what Fox, uh, Chris Fox Wallace has said in his book, uh, No Limits. Now, on the Red Chip Poker site, when they say, let's group together under the gun, under the gun plus one, and under the gun plus two, then it gets to an 8% uh, opening range, which also is consistent with Fox. But it does say that at a passive table, uh, then these three positions increase to 11%. And if you're at a passive table and very deep stacked, which isn't defined on the website, it's about 16% is where they go with that. So uh, thanks to those guys for uh, publishing that great information. So what do I do with this now? I think about all this information, and at some point I need to make uh, pretty much a decision on how I want my strategy to be at least my default. And so assuming I'm trying to play GTO and my range for opening under the gun is not reflecting anything exploitive, and also assuming that I and the players behind me all have around 50 big blinds or more, I could say that I want to play a different range due to my capability post-flop. So knowing that I don't have a great um, confidence in playing post-flop out of position, I might say I'm going to shrink that range down a bit. But at this point, as I'm trying to rebuild my strategy, I really want to think about what is the optimal opening range uh, from a GTO basis, and then I want to then work on my post-flop game so I don't have that disadvantage. So I'm really going to be approaching this as what is the proper under-the-gun GTO opening range that I want to adopt for my game. And so as I thought about that and I think about some of the feedback that was given, I find a number of the concepts that were brought up extremely interesting. Uh, for me, because of the the limited group brain power that I have, and Stacy Nelson ad- uh, addressed this as well, I like the idea of grouping positions as early, uh, and then I'll do middle, late, and blinds later. Uh, but at this stage in my career with the tournaments that I'm playing, given my game and my mental capacity, uh, I'm going to consider early positions as under the gun, under the gun plus one, and under the gun plus two for a 10-handed tournament. Now, uh, for a nine-handed, this would just apply to under the gun and under the gun plus one. And then for eight-handed, just under the gun. So basically, uh, this range is looking at whenever I'm first to act or it's been folded to me and there are still at least seven people behind me left to act, including the button and the blinds. So that's early position for me. So in a six-handed game, there wouldn't be uh, this range Um, I'd have to go to the next level. Uh, But I also love the idea of just being super tight and having under-the-gun ranges of pocket sevens and higher, ace-queen suited, ace-king. And this is what I've been doing, and it does help me avoid a number of tough post-flop situations. But conversely, uh, I'm currently not balanced uh, with that range. It's always Those are all big hands. And I love what Kenna and others had to say about trying to make sure that you're balanced. And I also love the idea of board coverage that Mike Schneider brought up, making sure that we can cover and, and connect with a number of different flops. So um, as I think about that, I also think that it's appropriate uh, to think of my GTO range as reflecting the aggressiveness and passiveness of the table. So kind of adjusting to how that uh, table is playing. So with all of that said, uh, for the tournaments that I play, I'm going to have my default early deep stack range be about 16% of hands, but then constrict that range if the table is more aggressive. 
uh, with the bottom end of my opening range being 5% of hands. So even at a really aggressive table, I would still be opening 5% of the hands. At the most passive table, I'd be opening 16% of the ta- uh, of the hands, and then somewhere in between there, based on how it's playing out. Now, again, remember, this is all deep stack uh, situations. So uh, as other situations arise, uh, the GTO hands will be different. But uh, deep stack, uh, under the gun, or early position, I mean uh, 5 to 16% of hands. And it's beyond the scope of this episode to really define what those hands are. I'm going to really dig in deep later. Once I've kind of locked this in, this could still change as we're addressing other things. But once we get these, these percentages locked in, then I'm going to come back and talk to the recs, talk to the pros and say, okay, here's the range I want. What should they be? What hand should we include in those, uh, those pre-flop opening ranges? But for now, uh, this helps me just have some opening working numbers. And so that is it for today. I know there's a lot of ground that we covered, a lot of ground that we could have covered that hasn't. And we're going to continue doing this sort of step by step, brick by brick, block by block, uh, trying to build up my strategy uh, in this. So I appreciate all of the feedback and that. Thanks to Running Aces, a great weekly tournaments, great staff. Check them out if you're in the area. Thanks to the rec pros, all those people giving feedback. Remember, on iTunes, like us, comment, rate us, review us, subscribe, tell others, get the word out. Uh, we're, we're growing like crazy uh, every month for the past, I don't know, eight months, 10 months. Uh, we've had increased numbers every month, which is great. Uh, also, man, support us on Patreon. Uh, that would mean a ton to me personally. And just as we're trying to keep building this thing, uh, I would appreciate that vote of confidence and the funds to be able to expand this. Uh, we have patches, both adhesive and so on. Uh, they're free. If you'll wear them, just let me know and I'll send them out to you. Uh, you can also get gear, hats, shirts, sweatshirts. That's all available at floptheworld.com slash poker. And if you have any other feedback or topic suggestions or ideas, any comments at all, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Rec Poker. We have the Rec Poker Facebook group. Or just email me, stevefredland at gmail.com. Hope this is helpful. It's helping me just think all of this stuff through. I still have probably more questions than answers. Uh, but hopefully uh, you're enjoying this. And thanks for being along for the journey. And I'm excited to keep this going, and we will chat with you next week.